Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. We are coming live to you via Zoom and um, I'm going to add the caveat for those of you joining us live that it is quite potentially a bit of a um, dodgy line today. I see Chris is looking at me shaking her head on the other end of this Zoom conversation. So we'll see how we go. Apologies if it breaks up at all but we will try to bring you Chris's wonderful advice as well as we can today. We are a bit at the mercy of the technology and the interwebs. If you're joining us live on Facebook, it is uh, you can pop your, pop your questions below in the comments. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can send your questions into helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. I think we've ascertained there might be a slight delay. Yes. <laughs> so, if so, uh, but we we're, we're still here. We're still going strong. How are you coping at the moment, Chris? How how's this week been? I, I like being at home, so I quite enjoy you know doing work from home. And I get two days in the hospital, so I get a bit of social and a, a bit at home. So it's working well so far. Let's see where we are a month down the track. So am I allowed to send my kids to you then or not? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I like what I am doing. <laughs> While the line is good, let's get cracking. Um, our first question comes from Melissa from a Facebook uh, direct mail. She says, hi, I have two kids, an almost four-year-old and a 16-month-old. Since pretty early on, maybe since three months old, I've been co-sleeping with my second child because I didn't want to sit up and feed like I did with my first, as I thought I'd be too tired to look after a baby and a toddler if I did so. So I would bring him into my bed and feed him lying down and we'd fall asleep and at some point during the night, I'd switch him over to the other side and he'd feed there too. The problem is this is still happening. I was hoping he would eventually just, just sleep through and the co-sleeping would end. But I'm starting to realize this might not happen. In the past, he has been really great at going to sleep on his own in the cot. He can put himself to sleep. We moved house and this disrupted his self-settling, but recently I've given him a soft comforter toy that I've kept close to me so it has my scent. And this has worked magically with self-settling again. Recently, he slept through the night in his own cot and another night he stirred three times but self-settled and didn't wake until 4.30am. But most nights he is waking and I bring him into bed and he feeds on me throughout the night. This could be any time as early as midnight. A few times recently, he's woken up at 10.30pm and I've set up to feed him in his room and tried putting him back into his cot, but he wakes up and cries. Last night, he woke at 10.30 and I went to get him and he pointed at my room. Oh dear. Also, as he is the second child, he doesn't get as much opportunity to nap in his cot as we are out and about. But if he does, he usually only naps for 30 minutes. Okay, Melissa, I think he's getting a little bit of a confused message. So um, he was doing really well and you chose to co-sleep. But as he's got older, he's just a bit more aware. So I think it's, it's time to have, an, have a bit of a uh, think about what you really would like. If you're still happy to bring him into your bed and to feed him overnight, eventually, and eventually could be a little while down the track, he would stop feeding and it'd probably need to be mutual between the two of you. 
Um, so at the moment, I think you're between he can do it, I want him to do it, but then when he wakes up, you, you come back to what both of you actually know and what you know that works. But for him, he's getting a slightly mixed message. So if you're ready personally to have him in his cot and to, to sleep him in his cot, then let's try maybe feeding him in his room and putting him back in his bed. And when you put him back in his bed, maybe snuggling that comfort toy with you while you're feeding him, put him back down with the, with the comfort toy and start patting him to give him the message that you're there for him, but he's going down in his bed. And I think over a couple of weeks, this would start to work. And because you've seen him um, extending his nights in the cot, you've got that little window now. So I think it's time to think about what it is you'd like to give him as the message about where he sleeps. Um, he only has one sleep in the day or should be sort of heading towards one sleep in the day. So the consistency is better because he just goes down at lunchtime and down in the evening into his cot. So I think this is the window that if you would like to move it that way, now's the time to try and get him to do it. Okay. Thank you for that. Good luck with all of those uh, getting him into his own bed there. Um, we have a question from Chanel on Facebook. Hi, Chanel. She says, I'm currently working from home and my husband is a teacher, so he's also at home for at least another week. Because I'm Im immunocompromised, we have kept our two toddlers, one and two and a half, at home too. It's been two weeks now. My issue is the boys are both breastfeeding throughout the day numerous times, increasing every day. We live in a small inner city apartment, so there's no escaping them. I know how you feel, Chanel, <laughs> without the breastfeeding though. I never offer, never refuse until now, but feeling like it's a bit much and don't know how to discover, discourage such a high volume of feeds, any advice would be appreciated. And that's from Chanel. Okay, so this is really difficult because we've got that small space. We've got two toddlers, which is a handful on its own. And then we've got that quarantine in not getting them out and about and, and, and that small environment. So if prior to us shutting down, they were going off to daycare and they didn't have breastfeeds in the day, I think you have to mimic that same behaviour. So maybe setting up your office in your bedroom, shutting the door, and then your husband needs to use all of his distraction therapies um, and, and ability to keep them away from that room and fall back into the normal pattern of how you were feeding them before we went down into lockdown. So that's the first part of it, is to try and mimic that same behaviour, create that workspace, shut the door, and both you and your husband working together to make this work, because otherwise it's going to get very chaotic. And with two babies breastfeeding that much, again, if you're immune, immune um, compromised, it could also wear you down as well. So we need to think of your own health as well. So if you were breastfeeding them once in the evening before they went to bed or maybe a couple of times for the one-year-old over, overnight, then you try to go back to replicating that. Um, if you're at the point where you don't want to breastfeed your two-and-a-half-year-old anymore, then I think giving him a cuddle and reading him a book and distracting him from going to the breast, and that will take a few days. So I think if you set up a good work environment, the two-and-a-half-year-old will get the message 
And also then you replace that breastfeeding with cuddling. You'll probably have to wear a high necked T-shirt or something <laughs> along those lines to be able, you know, to, to give him the message and using lots of distraction and come with mummy and mummy will feed you from the cup is going to help turn this around. So uh, there's a few suggestions. It could be very difficult with two little ones locked into a small inner city flat, but give it your best shot talk to your partner about it, set up that workspace and, you know, give that continuous message to the little ones about when it's when you're about to give them a feed and when you're saying, no, mummy has to work. Okay, good luck with that one. Um, Chanel, good luck, Chanel. Uh, this question comes from Trina on Facebook. I have a just turned two-year-old. He wakes anywhere from 5.30 till 6 a.m., nap at 12 or 12.30 for two hours or two and a half hours, then bed at around, is around 7, 7.30. But he takes forever to go to sleep at night, and the same with his naps. But naps are a lot easier than bedtime. But lately, he started waking up at night around 10.30 and wants to play most nights. Help! Do I need to change anything? And that is from Trina. Katrina, you just need to decrease his day sleep. So I would start with a small um, small process or slow process of cutting that sleep down. He's a two-year-old now, and ideally you want to probably get to a one-hour sleep, probably between 12.31 till 2 o'clock. So the first thing we have to do is he has to be awake by 2, and you don't put him to bed till 7.30. So we'll establish that first bit, that five and a half hour window. Um, then after a few days, I'd only give him an hour and a half sleep at lunchtime, um, still making sure that he's up by two and not going to bed till 7.30. And these should help that, um, they, they should help him settle quicker and then sleep longer overnight without waking. And then if you needed to adjust it again, you would drop down to a one hour sleep from one till two, and then he'd go down till 7.30. Now he should keep that one sleep until he's about two and a half or a little bit over two and a half. And then he might be a child that has to drop it, or he might be able to keep that short sleep for a bit longer. So I would work on decreasing your day sleep to help your nights. Okay, good luck Trina feeling for anyone with a toddler in lockdown at the moment. Um, we have a question from Lana on Facebook. Lana says, Hi there, my son turns two in July and we would love to teach him to settle himself in bed at night. Any tips for a two-year-old? Okay, well, I suppose we haven't got an idea of what's happening now to get him to bed. Um, but as a two-year-old, he's probably still in a cot and not quite in a big bed yet. Um, I'd probably put him in a big bed after the winter, so he's nice and warm in the cot. Um, so usually I would take the cues that he knows now and try and give them a feel of being independent. But for a two-year-old, I'd probably uh, get to about quarter to seven and change his nappy and take him into his room, read two stories, a cuddle and a kiss, and then pop him into his cot. And then, uh, if you leave the room and he starts up and crying, give him a minute or two, go back, lay him down and ask him to lay down. Lay down in the cot for mummy and then maybe give him a little bit of a reassuring pat, then walk when he's calm, let him cry for a little bit and go back in and repeat it until he starts to self-settle. And a little bit is a little bit at this point because I'm not quite sure 
what his common um, cues are for sleep. So there might only be a minute, two minutes, three minutes. So don't start with any big numbers because that will just distress everybody. So just giving him the idea that things are changing and you're wanting him to do it independently on his own and go back and give him some reassurance of laying him down and patting him. So hopefully that'll help. Um, but if he has a very different cue pattern, maybe you could send us another message about how he goes to sleep and that'll give us an idea of how we can teach him to do it more independently. Okay, this question is on Facebook from Jenna. She says, my 13-month-old keeps biting me anywhere and everywhere. She's still breastfeed, breastfed and is going through some tummy bowel issues. Whether she's fed or hungry, it doesn't matter. Help! Right. Well, I think the biting is an age-related thing. I don't think it's got to do with uh, tummy behaviour um, or feeding behaviour because little ones can start to bite or push or, or kick in these toddler years, like between 15 months, 16 months and three-year-olds. At some point, they tend to be pushers, hitters or kickers or biters. So I think she's young. She's only 13 months. So the most common thing, the first thing I'd look at is, is she overtired? So when she's overtired and she gets pushed a little bit, as in staying up a little bit longer or asked to do something and it's not going right, she turns and bites as a reaction. So the first thing I'd look at is what time she was being fed, how much does she eat, when does she go down for her sleep, how much sleep is she having? So I'd make sure that that was age appropriate and then from there, when, you, when she actually bites, is I would put her down. So say she's sitting on your lap, she's crying for something, she turns and bites you on the shoulder. I would put her down and, we, and say to her, we do not bite in the family. So I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger, but it's definitely if you bite, I'm going to put you down. The second thing is know that she is a biter. So if she's maybe having a little tantrum, she's a bit tired, things aren't going her way, she's a little bit more fragile, instead of going to her and picking her up from the front, go from behind and scoop her up to give her some comfort. It's much harder to bite if she has to turn her whole body around. And if she was doing that, then you could pop her down again. So in this case, I think it's distraction that's going to stop the biting. But I think as a parent, I'd be looking at what's going on for her. Is she too tired? Am I asking too much of her? And re-look at that and maybe shape it differently to see if that behaviour starts to go away. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This is another question from Facebook. Caitlin asks, um, she says, I have a three and a, three and a half week old and am exclusively breastfeeding and would like to incorporate expressing to allow someone else to feed her. When should I express? Okay, Caitlin. So it's great that you're three and a half weeks down and, and doing well with your breastfeeding. Um, this is a very tricky one because it literally takes about six weeks for your milk supply to actually settle. So I wouldn't do anything in six in the first six weeks because I think it can really interfere with your supply and that there is no reason at the moment to be able to do that. The second thing is you need to work out when and why you would be giving the bottle. So is it because 
in the future you're going back to work early, in the future you plan going out with your husband and you're just leaving a little bit of a bottle. The second thing to think about is if it's because you want, say, your partner to help out to do a 10 o'clock bottle, that these two things are very different. So if it's the first one, you just want to know your baby's going to take a bottle. As the baby gets older, around six to nine months, uh, six to nine weeks, I would do a little bit of expressing after the morning feed. And in the evening, when your supply is a little bit lower, I might give them 20 to 30 mils in a bottle, just so they know how to suck a bottle, then a bath and then a full breastfeed. So it hasn't really interfered with that breastfeed. Um, if you choose to say express to give your partner a chance to do a bottle feed, you have to be very careful because you could be interfering with your supply and your risk of mastitis would be higher. So I think you, I would personally say if it's just to get the bottle going, I just do a little bit in the evening so that she, she gets used to sucking a bottle and then much further down the track you can then have more options because I see, and as you would know, um, I see lots of people who don't give a bottle and then have to go back to work and their babies won't take a bottle. So it's really hard to give the right information, but I think some sensible information about at least the baby sucking the bottle and then later on introducing more if needed will probably work a treat. But I would go very carefully if you're substituting a bottle so somebody else can give it because your body is expecting to feed the baby at that time. Okay? All right. Um, we have a question from, oh, where am I now in this? A uh, question from Malisha. She says, what should an ideal awake, sleep-awake feed pattern or routine be for a seven-week-old? My baby has started to fight day naps but sleeps well through the night. Okay, so generally with a seven-week-old, we're in a cycle called feed-play-sleep. So from where your morning starts, and this is very rough but it'll give you an idea, um, a seven-week-old would be in a feed-play-sleep cycle and that awake time, total awake time, which is feed and awake, is roughly around an hour and a half. Now, it can be as short as an hour, um, but it's not usually longer than the hour and a half. So somewhere in that window, you're going to see those subtle signs of tiredness from the baby. So that's a really important thing that you need to remember that where they're not calm and relaxed and they go into that grizzly jerking movement, that's the moment at which you need to wrap, swaddle, comfort, cuddle, then put that baby down for sleep and helping them to go to sleep. The other thing that might be happening at seven weeks is just a bit more alertness and awareness. So when they wake up after 40 minutes or 45 minutes, they need some help to go back to sleep. Um, so going in there, just shush padding, a little bit of white noise, a little bit of cuddling and put back down again. And this can take anywhere from five minutes to 25 minutes to do. So give it a little bit of time and patience and you'll see them linking those um, sleep cycles together. Excellent. This question comes from Antonia on Facebook. Hello, Antonia. She says, my five-month-old baby screams himself awake during day naps, especially in the first one of the day. Is this normal? And then she asks, also, how do I get a baby to take a bottle? We've been trying with my son for nearly six weeks since he was three and a half months old and he will not play ball. So first question is about whether it's normal for a five-month-old to wake screaming. 
from a day nap? It's not normal, but it could be the way you hear it. So you don't see him laying there awake for a little while and then he starts crying. So that'd be the first thing is, is he actually laying there awake and then he starts crying? The other interesting thing is she used, she used the word screaming as opposed to crying. And for a baby to wake screaming is actually unusual without that wake up of the active cry and then moving into that level of screaming. So if it, the baby is literally waking screaming, um, I, first I'd video it to sort of get a sense of is the baby crying or is the baby screaming? If it's literally screaming, I'd go to the GP because there might be something digestively wrong with the baby and ask him to do a thorough check first before thinking it was just about sleep and settle. And then the second question was about the bottle and that is a tough one. That almost goes back to that previous question about when to introduce a bottle. Uh, it's pretty tough to introduce a bottle at five months. They know exactly what they want and we're often introduced... Um, solids by that stage. So the only thing I could give you is to pick the same feed every day for a couple of days and offer it as a bottle. I'd make sure the milk in the bottle was warm and I'd make sure that there's at least a three and a half gap, three and a half hour gap between the previous feed and the feed you're about to offer. Um, I would probably put the, a five and a half month old in their maybe bouncer to do it so they don't think they're going to get a breastfeed. And I'd make sure that I had the right teat size. So it would be a medium teat size for a baby that age. Um, if grandma was around or, or dad might be around at the moment or your partner might be around, getting them to try it instead of you might also help. But it's the consistency that usually does it for that age group. Okay, we've got time for one last question, Chris. Uh, this comes from Joan. She says, hi, Chris, my, my two and a half year old son will not go to sleep on his own. He needs me to lay on the ground by his cot while holding his hand to sleep. He used to fall asleep by 7.45 p.m. with this method and he does sleep through the night. But lately he won't sleep until at least 9 p.m. So I'm held hostage in his room from 7 p.m. till 9 or 9.30 p.m. every single night and I am about to lose it. My husband tries to help but my son will scream at him until he leaves. It has to be just me. I'm a working mum so I know he misses me during the day but I am lost and don't know what to do. The routine is consistent with a warm bath, quiet time after a family meal. I tried crying him out once, but he cried until he puked all over the bedding. Please give me some advice. I do not know what I am doing wrong. Well, first thing, you're not doing anything wrong. He's just got used to holding your hand. If I went to bed with a nice, cosy hand, I'd want mine. Nice, cosy hand there. So the one bit, of, one bit of information we don't get in this is what time he takes a day sleep because we don't know whether he's oversleeping and that's what's making it more difficult for you. Um, but as a two-year-old, I would think that hopefully he's having about an hour to an hour and a half and awake by 2 p.m. So if he's awake by 2 p.m., then I think you've got a better chance of him going down at 7.30 and that that would be reasonable. We're not asking something unreasonable of him. Then we have to look at the cue signs he gets. So he gets a warm bath, he probably gets cuddles, he gets a story, but then he gets a visual of somebody laying down there. So if he's used to hanging on to mummy's hand, for the next couple of nights, I will have adjusted his day sleep 
to see if you'll go to sleep faster. And I would be taking your hand away. So I'd be saying, mummy can lay here, but I can't hold your hand. You could give him another comfort toy that was quite soft. It may be something that he can easily get his hand around. And we're making that little bit of separation between the physical side of being beside him and just being there to reassure him. Once I think you've got that going of being there but not having to physically hold his hand, then I think you've got a lot more scope to then shortening the periods that you're in there, leaving and then maybe coming back for reassurance, giving him his cuddly toy again and then leaving again and doing this in really small bouts until he can cope with the fact that he's going to take this little snuggly toy, hold that toy and allow you to leave the room. I reckon this will take the best part of a month because I think he's a two wow. So I'd be yeah. really checking his day sleep and make sure mm -hmm. I've got that in the right place. And then I'd be laying beside him and saying, mummy can't hold your hand. So just sit in there and then you just move slowly back out, back out the room until the point where you can just reassure him from the door. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for answering all those questions. And, and thanks to everybody who asked a question, whether it was emailing us or on Facebook. Um, so, I should mention here as well that if you'd like a private um, consultation with Chris Minogue, she is part of the Babyology Sleep School, which um, you'll find links in the notes of this episode. We also have other experts, Joe Ryan and Karina Lane. So if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one and you need some help sort of navigating through, that's the way to do it. If you'd like to join us, uh, we will be back uh, next week on Monday. It's a public holiday. We're going to give Chris the week off, but we're going to be joined by Joe Ryan. Um, Chris is going to put a feet up for a change. Um, but you, the way to get in touch before then is if you're listening via the podcast, email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or you can wait until next week and pop your questions below the helpline. Thanks a lot and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.